Hello everybody and welcome back to the Bootcast by Irish Bootstrapper. I'm your host Eugene Devereaux and this is a very special episode indeed for us for the podcast as we mark it with the milestone being number 50. So this is episode 50 today. We have a very special guest indeed on the show today. Before we get into that, let me just tell you a bit about Irish Bootstrapper and the Bootcast. So Irish Bootstrapper is a new lifestyle brand here in Ireland. We're built on the three pillars, the three themes, the three foundations of adventure, purpose and mental health. The podcast is all about talking to people from all over the world in the fields of adventure, travel, mental health, elite athletes, Olympic athletes and many, many more interesting people with great stories to tell. So the common theme is that everybody has some kind of challenge to overcome, whether that's a physical challenge, a mental one, something enduring, whether it's a world record, whether it's something off the wall crazy they all have the common team of overcoming some massive challenge in their life so absolutely delighted to, to have gotten this far with the podcast the podcast will always be free it has been and i intend it to always be free it is a, a spin-off from our, our brand irish bootstrapper so in order to keep it free you can support us by going to irishbootstrapper.com and buying some of our range of high quality clothing and accessories for the active adventure so we have anything from beanies jackets like this behind me the t-shirts baseball caps bags and other accessories for the active adventure outdoors travel the adventurous lifestyle so we really appreciate any support you can give us folks we launched the store the clothing range and accessories back in may so we've been we've been doing well been slowly but surely building it since then and we'd love to see more people jump aboard and support us in any way that you can. So without further ado, let's move into today's episode, folks, as we mark it with number 50. Today is a special guest from Carlo, local man, local hero, local legend, Mr. Marcus Lawler. Marcus Lawler, thanks a million for coming on the bootcast today and for joining me just before Tokyo. Yeah, great. Thanks for thanks for having me, Eugene. Yeah, it's my first ever podcast, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. <laughs> Brilliant, delighted to have you on. Yeah, geez, Marcus. So I suppose just kicking it off for for anybody who's listening or watching the podcast, you got some good recent news, massive achievement and massive undertaking to for any anybody to be to get the, that news that you got. So do you want to tell us a bit about your... Yeah, well, I suppose um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've qualified for the Tokyo Olympic Games. So that's the major news. And that's kind of like um, my dream has kind of grown up as a young, a young lad running or playing any kind of sports really. And it was all about, I suppose, your dream was always to make an Olympic Games, you know, and represent your country. And that has kind of, uh, it just happened and fulfilled. I fulfilled my dream now of doing it, and uh, it's kind of it's a funny one because uh, just around the time of selection, like we, I kind of knew I was in, but um, we had to kind of wait for that official word. And when the official word kind of came true, it was like something just I don't know. It was just a sense of relief or excitement and joy. Loads of different emotions just went through me when the official word came out, and yeah, um, yeah, it was obviously obviously delighted with the news and it's going to be a massive honour and uh, 
yeah, it's it's the pinnacle of sport. So I uh, managed to qualify for it and uh, hopefully I can put my best foot forward on the line when I get there. So Savage, well, best of luck. Um, and like when we say recent, so how recent are we talking? Because I think it only became kind of public knowledge or local knowledge, I suppose, in the past week or so. Yeah, so obviously the Olympics comes around every four years and this time it was obviously a bit different with the pandemic and stuff, but there's a qualifying period and um, there's two routes to qualify and route one is run the standard, the qualifying standard for each event. So for my event, it was 2024 and that's like a huge run. That's That would be inside the Irish record. That would have you nearly fighting for a final at the Olympics, I would imagine. Um, and the second route then is true world rankings. So kind of the remainder, anyone who hasn't hit the standard will fill in true world rankings and um, the top 56 in the world go. So there was a constant kind of uh, monitoring of this top 56 list over the last while and making sure that I was staying inside it and fighting yeah. to stay inside it. And um, so the qualification period ended uh, on the 29th of June and the list was updated on the 30th of June and you can see where it's updated and you know you're inside the bracket. Yeah. But then, like with everything, you're just hoping that there's no little curveballs or yeah, yeah. anything that could knock you out. So, like, I finished up, I think it was 48 out of 56. Um, yeah. Now, maybe if I was in the 30s, I would have felt a lot more safer, but you're kind of like that seven or eight spots inside it and it's uh, you're a bit on edge. So, uh, yeah, when the official news then came... Uh, was it last Thursday night? So, um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, brilliant. Like, you know, so, um, yeah. Amazing. Have you been, have you been working lately or what's, what's your profession as an yeah, athlete? Yeah, look, for me, the goal was to, the goal is to qualify for an Olympic Games and that means top 56 in the world and that means seriously elite and cutthroat and for me, it was all about uh, being a full-time athlete as best as possible um, and to give myself every chance. So uh, that's kind of what I've done. And um, it, was to, it was to try be as flexible as possible to be kind of master of my own ship type thing. Yeah. Um, and I kind of put all my eggs into one basket to try and qualify for the Olympics. And that was my reward. So... Uh, I'm an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Question. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Cl- class. Yeah. That's yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah. Tracking back, I suppose, to what, like how how young were you when you got when you got into Olympic athletics? Yeah. So, like, I suppose the gateway into the sport for me is where we were kind of living was community games. Like, yeah, yeah. I suppose, like everyone. Well, not everyone, because it's sometimes when you go outside of the county and you ask about community games, some people don't know about it, yeah. which I was surprised with. <laughs> but uh, obviously, here in Carlow and stuff, like it's 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 done very well. And around my time when I was growing up, under eights and stuff, tens, twelves, fourteens, all the way up. Yeah. Um, it was it was always very good and like yeah. you would have played all the various different sports as well so like we would have done like within community games then you have your football or tag rugby or soccer or whatever it was athletics so um that was kind of the gateway for me i would say um and then in 2013 i sort of had to make a decision kind of about my sports because i was playing football for Northern Ireland and yeah. I was running at a reasonably high level as a junior 
and I kind of just have to make that decision, like, you know, to fully focus on athletics in around 2013. Sorry, the winter of 2013, so probably the summer of 2014 was probably my first time really putting my eggs into one basket and, mm. um, yeah, going for... So how uh, old are you now then? I'm 26 now. So 2014, yeah. seven years yeah. ago. So you would have been about, about 19, 18, 19? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I'm bad at working out just the way I kind of relate to it is it was my last year's minor football oh, and yeah. kind of going into my first year of college. So that's kind of my way I, I relate to yeah. Class. What would be, say, your biggest or say your number one story to tell now before before reaching Tokyo? Yeah, and my number one story to tell again comes back to sport. And one of the challenges as well, kind of, you asked me what my profession was and I was just like, I put all my eggs into one basket. And sometimes it's hard to escape that sport, like sport mindset or athletics. And, um, so again, you asked, you just asked me there, like, what's my number one story to tell? And it's back to athletics again. And it's 2019, my world university games, bronze medal was like a really special moment in my career. And, um, I suppose there was a lot of kind of things around that um, kind of previously in 2018 there was a couple of challenges and then I had to kind of head into 2019 and I was just that was like the big target World University Games and I managed to come out with a bronze medal and it was like I won the thing because medals are so few and far between and they're so rare um, so I was absolutely like thrilled to to win a medal, you know, and it felt yeah. like I almost won, even though it was a bronze. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the world's on the world stage in Italy, so yeah. yes. Yeah. So you mentioned there, like being a full time athlete as your profession. That's kind of a big. It's a big undertaking, and like you brought you brought that story back into sports again. So like, do you have any kind of an outlet where if you do need a break or you do need to? you need kind of just mental space away from the track. What, what yeah, do you do yeah. for that? Um, like, look, I, I'm, I suppose getting away from the track in, obviously I'm outside of college now. Um, but like a couple of years ago, I would have been in college and you would have had your studies and stuff as well. But, um, the Olympics is such a high level that you kind of need to be all in almost. Um, so, but yeah, look, I'm very lucky. I live out here in the countryside and um, there's lots of things to do around around my home area. And to be honest, training takes up so much time as well that there's almost, there's so little time, but it is important to switch off. And like, look, I like meeting a few of my mates for a coffee and stuff like that. And um, my girlfriend, Warren, as well. So um, we try to spend as much time together as possible too. And that's kind of like, I like that kind of social outlet as well. But uh, yeah, it, it does. It definitely does consume a lot of your life for sure. Um, and then I suppose again, linked to sport, like I'm doing a bit of coaching too, and um, I like I like kind of seeing sort of results and that are trying to get the best out of people, or trying to help people fulfil their kind of goals and ambitions too. Yeah. And then just recently, I signed up as a Dare to Believe ambassador for the Olympic Federation of Ireland. So that requires kind of going around to to schools around the country and trying to inspire young kids and tell them my story and kind of help them along too as yeah. well. And 
give them Stress. someone to look after. So that was sort of a nice little. Now that came at a bad time as well with COVID, like everything. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple of things set up and it had to be cancelled, but yeah. uh, I hope I can get a few visits in. That's brilliant. Getting the bronze at the World University Games, like what did that teach you about yourself? Because you rated it so highly and you know you felt ecstatic almost that you won. Yeah. I think the sport is so tough and that medals are so few and far between. There's so there's so many disappointments in the game that when that happened it was almost like like it made you realise that like it can be done and to trust it made me really believe in what we had done. Now kind of reversing back a year from that in two thousand eighteen. Um, I ran a massive PB and in 2018 and it was kind of, it would have been very competitive at like European level and stuff and uh, almost into world class territory kind of knocking on that door and um, I went to the Europeans in 2018 and I was kind of bowled over in round one, eliminated and we kind of came home and kind of there was a lot of head scratching and mm. um, figuring out to do and um I think I really wanted to prove it to myself that I could do it. So I remember listening to, I think it was Stephen Gerrard speaking before, and he talked about like proceeding to high, there was a low. Mm. Um, and I think that low came in the end of 2018 for me. Like there was, I ran terrible at the European Championships, and I really wanted to kind of pick myself up, do the right mm. things, focus on what needs to be done, set myself a goal. and. I suppose going and winning that medal, it kind of made me realise that it can be done and trust in the programme that I'm doing. So hmm. um, so just for anybody actually who's listening, so what distance are you running? Yeah, so I'm a 100 and 200 metre sprinter, but the, the, that particular race was 200. My main focus is 200. I've qualified for Tokyo in the 200, but um, yeah, so that's kind of, yeah, it happens pretty quick. Seconds, so. so you're talking about 20, for those 20 seconds on the track like so we've had guests on before on the bootcast or you know ultramarathon runners where endurance or olympic swimmer was on before and you know it's it's a different it's kind of a different ball game because it's you have to endure over a longer period of time but for 20 seconds to try and get everything right and at, at, at your peak for those 20 seconds like are there any rituals or three or four things that you do to make sure that you're you're in that zone and for those 20 seconds or less you are going for it yeah yeah like i have my routine and my warm-up routine and i have it timed to a t uh to write up prior to the call room and then in terms of um my mental approach uh i kind of because it happened so quick I pick my three things in my race to focus on. And so a 200 meters is a half lap of the track. Mm. And um, for me, it's the start. So I pick one cue in my head that I'm focusing on for the start. Yeah. And then as that goes around the bend, it kind of, the bend almost enters the straight, that corner of the bend into the straight. I have my cue to kind of ride that bend really well in my head. Yeah. And then the last kind of, I suppose 30, 40 metres, I also have my small queue for that. So I've kind of broken it up into three segments and um, that's what that's where my mind is at. So regardless of the race, whether it's like uh, maybe a county championships versus an Olympic Games, mm. uh, those are the three things I'm going to focus on 
at all times. So uh, every race is the same, I suppose. That's, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Even though there's probably a little bit more riding than the Olympics, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's still the same cues and the same focuses in my mind. You mentioned how, you know, there's the medals and, and the wins are so few and far between, but like, when it comes down to like the, the nuts and bolts of those milliseconds that could be determining a medal or not, what are the things that are in your control in the training then? Yeah, so um, the sport of athletics is like literally so cutthroat. Um, I suppose the clock never lies. I've said that in a couple of interviews that like regardless of what, like when you're on to point A to point B, whatever the clock shows, that's it like and you're on your own and it's such an individual sport in that sense um so you might feel that aspects of your performance have been quite good but the clock doesn't necessarily show that because it's off now yeah kind of turn that on its head uh you've run quite well and the clock shows it and there's pure elation because obviously like that's that's major so but you're on your own. Like it's your performance. It's you versus you, and it's yeah. you versus the clock. And I suppose that's the beauty of the sport as well, yeah. um, because you're always trying to better your best. But whilst I speak about you versus you and you versus the clock, and as an individual, there is that team around me too. So like I do have a team of coaches, and um, like I have my sports psychologist, my nutritionist, my S and C coach, my my mom is actually my coach and then my technical really? coach. So, yeah, so that's kind of another sort of unique thing about my training. So my mom is part of the coaching team, if you like. Oh. Um, so, yeah, but it's an individual sport, but there is that kind of team element. Mm. And I suppose that's really important to have. So, like, we kind of plan together and, like, everything has to work in sync and does the kind of S&C program, is that matching up with your with your running program? And then is your nutrition falling in on top? There's a lot of things to think of and there's a lot of kind of things going at once and you're just making sure that everything is in the line. But um, it's important to have that team around me and important to have that team kind of guiding and directing me and kind of helping me along to achieve. When I stand on the line on my own, okay, fair enough, it's an individual performance, but... Um, there's so much going kind of behind the scenes with the team around me and stuff. So, and then you have not to mention a few mentors as well that you just that you just maybe talk to and uh, learn from as well. So yeah, um, but yeah, brilliant. And just bringing it back to Tokyo then. So before we kind of wrap it up, you're heading off on Friday. What's what's the what's the agenda look like or the itinerary yeah so it's pretty serious like uh we we fly friday at 3 p.m and uh it's a massive like really long flights and stuff so uh we're actually flying business class which is uh, is great so it will be up and be back so yeah um yeah but um yeah no just just it's a long flight it's seven yeah. hours to doha and then we have a layover in doha and then it's 10 hours to tokyo Jeez. Um so but we're not actually based in Tokyo until closer to my race. So we're going down to Fukuroi, which is about two and a half hours south of Tokyo, um, for a training camp. So that's where like my last little bit of prep work will be done. And then three days or four days before my race, we head up to the 
the, the Olympic Village in Tokyo. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's how it's looking at the minute. So, there'll be, yeah, it's going to be a long day of traveling Friday. I think, yeah, we leave Friday and we won't arrive until late Saturday. So, uh, and then it's just a case of kind of tidying things up in that two weeks. Um, you know, just, I suppose, the, the last bit of preparation. And then yeah. I stand on the start line on the 3rd of August. Um, in front of no spectators, so <laughs> yeah, uh, me versus seven other lads. So it's you versus the clock, and you versus yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And it's just about putting in. I think one of the big things, uh, Eugene, is uh, it was said a couple of times. It's been stressful and anxious, sort of watching the world rankings over the last while, and like mm. constantly thinking and constantly watching and looking, and but now I'm there and that anxiousness and stressfulness is gone and I'm going to go out and enjoy it, run kind of as, as free and as best as I can do and try not to tense up and I think that will be the key thing that will help me to perform at my best out there. So yeah, I race on the 3rd of August and um, I have to set myself a goal and I'd love to, if I can run close to my PB in round one, that will have me very competitive in terms of making a semi-final. It's going to be hard to make a final with those Americans and Jamaicans, but yeah, the Irishman will be right in the mix with the other top 56. So, yeah. And the very best of luck, Marcus. From everyone here in Ireland, from myself personally, and we've no doubt that you'll, you'll do us proud and yourself proud as well. So just before we go then, how can people reach out to you or show support or get in touch? Social media uh, handles or anything? You know, it's actually interesting you mentioned that, Eugene, already, just uh, about support and getting in touch. It, uh, people have been really, really good since the news broke. Like, there has been so much support in many different ways. Like, my road out here, there's just flags lined up on the road, Irish flags and mm. uh, good luck banners and stuff. And, like, people are, are amazing, really, like, when... To see the support of that and then to see the support that came through on social media and stuff and it was unbelievable like and when you really think about that and what it kind of brings to the people and like people are so so good like and uh, i'm very grateful to receive all that support but yeah like look i'm on twitter and instagram um i am on facebook too but twitter and instagram are my main two yeah. i suppose social social media channels and um, I'll try post up a few little bits and pieces and maybe people will be able to catch up with what's happening out in Tokyo and um, in the lead up to Tokyo via that so but yeah yeah it's just interesting that you mentioned the support because it's just been that's, it's been phenomenal like that's great posts and yeah like you know people are great and it's been so positive and that's usually important and that will that will help me massively on my on my journey and on the start line out there Class. Well, I might be able to send you over some gear if I can get over to you before um, Friday. So I'll publish t-shirts and hats and stuff on, on me. Yeah, so uh, I'd like to help out. Yeah. So ladies and gents, everybody listening or watching, Marcus Lawler, Irish 200 metre athlete on the way to Tokyo 2020. Thanks for having me on, Eugene. No problem. See you, Marcus, and best of luck once again. Cheers. Thanks, thanks. Bye-bye.
there you have it folks i hope you enjoyed that episode of the bootcast as we celebrate the 50 the big 5-0 milestone of the podcast thank you to marcus lawler for coming on the show just before he jets off to tokyo to compete in the olympic games representing ireland in the 200 meter sprint so best of luck to marcus bring home the gold thanks to all you guys who supported and listened or watched the podcast over the past four series we appreciate all of your likes comments shares and ratings that you can give us whether it's on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube, or on irishboostrapper.com. Every like, comment, share, or rating really helps us grow the podcast, folks. The podcast has been free, and we intend it to always be free as well. So the only way to support us is to go to irishboostrapper.com and buy something from our store. We launched a great range of high-quality clothing and accessories back in May 2021. So we have jackets, hats, beanies, t-shirts, snoods, backpacks, and other accessories for the active adventurer lifestyle. So we'd really appreciate if you guys could pick up something from the store on irishboostrapper.com. So we're looking forward to bringing you Series 5 of the Bootcast in the next couple of weeks, folks. And you know the, the tagline by now. So until then, become the journey.